Welcome everyone. This is the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. I'd like to give credit to Colin Green of the Spike Pit RPG Podcast for giving us this episode title. I'd also like to give credit to TJ Drennan, who's given us the transition, the scratchy transition here later in the show. You can find both of them on Patreon. I highly encourage you to back them and to listen to their podcasts. Hey Jason, it's Jeff uh, from Tome of All Dooms. Greatest pirate video game ever. Definitely uh, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. Um, really loved all of the piratey things about that game. Really hated most of the uh, things where the Ubisoft decided to try to pull you back out and make you be an assassin or pulled you back into the Animus and their um, uh, future plot line. Uh, with VR. Just really wanted that game to let me go and be a pirate and wander around the, the world and do piratey type things. So that was definitely uh, best pirate game ever. Sales with two caveats. One is that it is rated R and the other is that it has uh, several gay characters in it. If either of those two things is not what you want in your pirate fiction, then you might want to avoid it. Uh, but otherwise, it's quite good. I was quite surprised, uh, I was, uh, I wouldn't say tepid, but uh, I, I found the first season to be good but not great, and then about halfway through the second season, several of the main characters' motives are revealed, and you actually understand a lot of the things that went on in the first season and why they did it, and I thought, wow, they, they really had thought this through. Um, so yeah, Black Sails, I would definitely take a watch, uh, but not with kids around. That was Jeff from the Tome of All Dooms podcast. He was calling reference our Talk Like a Pirate episode, given his picks for the best pirate video game and best pirate TV show. If anyone else has any comments about that, please call in. Also, check out Jeff's show, The Tome of All Dooms. Hey Jason, it's Mysterious Brother here. Um, thanks for the call out, man. I'm glad you like the format I'm using. Um, Works pretty good for me. Hope it works good for you. I actually got the idea from uh, Froth at the Thought Eater podcast. So, um, you know, thank him too. Uh, I like the way he was doing it. You like the way I'm doing it. And I like the way you're doing it, man. So uh, keep on doing what you're doing and, uh, you know, keep rolling. Hey, Jason, it's the Mysterious Brother here again. Um, Calling about the two dice in your pocket. Um, I would probably pick 2d4. Because if someone was pursuing me, you know, I could just throw those bad boys on the ground and hopefully that'd slow them down a little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, keep doing what you're doing, man, and pick your two dice and keep rolling. Hey, Jason, it's the Mysterious Brother again. Um, calling about the skills versus careers, man. Um, you've been listening to my podcast, so you know I'm not crazy about skills. Um, I used to be when I was a kid playing 3.5 and stuff, I, you know build into my my class with all those skills and stuff but uh since i've been writing my game um i'm not not liking them very much at all um i'm in the boat of uh more um rulings over rules 
So I think skills kind of get in the way of that. But uh, I'm liking the content you got, man. Uh, Keep rolling. Okay, so that was the mysterious brother, Tyler Mazza of the, or Mazza, probably butchered that, sorry, of the A 20-Sided Life podcast. So thank you for the feedback. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really like the show format, the short episodes during the week. I'll still do a variety cast on Saturdays, but I, I didn't realize you had gotten it for Froth. Of course, everybody knows Froth and the Thought Eater podcast, and everybody should go listen to Tyler's podcast and Froth's podcast. If you're not familiar with The 20-Sided Life, he talks about his ideas on game design and setting ideas, and his setting ideas are really cool, so go check those out. Hey, Jason, Tim from Gothard Jamaica here. Uh, listen to your latest podcast, first one I listened to, about uh, different mechanics. And that, uh, yeah, kind of working on my own little self-system right now, so kind of uh, going to listen on in. As far as having your dice in your pocket, I think anything's game except the D4. All you're doing is risking an injury. So go forth and roll, but... Be careful. All right, Jason. Take care. That was the world-famous Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Thank you so much for the kind words. Of course, you all know him from his Gothridge Manor podcast. And, you know, he's got a Patreon out there as well. You need to support him. Um, Oh, look at that. There's a car in the middle of the road up here. No wonder traffic's slow. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, Tim. I will talk to you later, and I hope you enjoy my show. ICRPG Vigilante City played in a different game of Vigilante City on the night of Saturday the 21st of September excellent game in this one we were enlisted by the X-Men to help out fighting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants I played Guardian the Canadian superhero also had Sasquatch and a couple homebrew heroes in the game we did okay Um, captured the villains Montreal did end up getting nuked, so that was probably a bad thing. We're going to play a follow-up game on Saturday the 28th. I don't have the calendar in front of me. Um, Yeah, Saturday the 28th that evening to do a follow-up. So maybe Guardian will get to um, redeem himself. Who knows? But still, highly recommend ICRPG and their Vigilante City variant. Delving Deeper, Barrow Maze. This is Cody M. of No Save For You Podcast's game played on the Audio Dungeon. Got to play in that again this week. It was pretty good. My first level elf is still stuck in Magic User. He hasn't leveled up yet. Needs another couple hundred hip, couple hundred experience points to level up. But it was a pretty good session. We didn't have any character deaths this time, so that's a plus. Um, we... Managed to defeat a pretty complicated gas trap, so that was good. Like, you know, trap of poison gas. And we got attacked by dinosaurs, which is kind of cool. You know, flying dinosaurs that took off one of the characters' war dogs, which really sucks because those dogs had apparently been with the party from the very first adventure. We finished up the session going back to town and crowsing on the wonderful crowsing tables that they're using. And... I, it turned out okay for me. I was successful, but 
One player ended up getting a tramp stamp tattoo of a dinosaur on his back. And two players got sent on quests by their deities. So we'll see how that plays out. But Delving Deeper, highly recommended. Baramaze, neat setting, highly recommended. And Cody M is a GM, definitely recommended. ICRPG Blacklight. Blacklight is a fan hack of ICRPG. That's the index card role-playing game. And Blacklight's basically a Delta Green fan hack. So if you're not familiar with Delta Green, you have Call of Cthulhu, and Delta Green is usually set in modern day. And the idea is it used to be government program to contain the mythos, and then for various reasons it got driven underground, and now it's a rogue government program working behind the shadows basically working like little cells almost like little terrorist cells and the agents have regular lives and normal things and what will happen is they'll get activated to go deal with a specific mythos threat but they're not actually government sanctioned or anything so like I say this is a fan hack and, and the creator of this hack is going through different evolutions of it The version we played actually worked really well, but he's even got a more refined version since the rule set we used. Uh, It used to be up at um, the Runehammer forums online, the ICRPG forums. I don't know if it's still there or not. But anyhow, we we played the game. It was an excellent game. Um, And it just shows the flexibility of ICRPG. You know, this was a horror game. And I'm not going to talk really a lot of details about the game. A, because I don't want to ruin it if anybody else plays the scenario. And B, because some of the elements... I mean, we were all adults and whatnot, and they weren't sexual elements. But some of the elements definitely were the things that aren't for general audiences. So I'm I'm just going to use some generalities when I talk about the plot. But this... The game system really worked well. You know, he had modded ICRPG. He added some skills, which normally doesn't have. And we added a sanity mechanic, which basically ICRPG uses hearts for health. Basically, one heart's 10 hit points. And use the same kind of idea, a heart for sanity. So you had 10 sanity points. And then we use the Delta Green idea of using bonds. Um, and this may be more of a, um, shoot, the Pelgrim Presses games kind of idea with bonds. But basically, you, you pick three bonds, and you can, instead of taking sanity loss yourself, you can apply it to those relationships. And that shows your degrading relationships as you investigate these kind of things. And, and, and you go into how your relationships with your your intimate relationships get worse with people. So it's an interesting dynamic. doesn't really come to play in a, you know, one shot, but, but it's a neat mechanic. So anyhow, the, like I say, ICRPG really worked well for this. The, um, now ICRPG used different dice for damage and, or, well, I shouldn't use the word damage for effort. One idea with ICRPG is that all you're trying to do is achieve a goal whether it's fighting somebody or picking a lock or convincing somebody your side of the argument, 
You just have that goal that you're trying to achieve. So you have different kinds of effort. And so you have different die depending whether you're doing a basic effort like you just with your hands or if you have tools or you're trained psychologist or, or whatever it is. You, you know, so you have different dice that you roll for different things. Um, hold on one second. I missed my turn here. This isn't good. Okay, back on course. So, we talked about effort. So, you have different die sizes for that. But all your checks are done with a 20-sided die. So, and, and it's all tribute checks. So, you're saving throw. So, you roll to hit. And you're, you're saving throws. And all that stuff is all just 20-sided die. Um, the other weird thing... Not weird. The other interesting thing with ICRPG is different monsters don't have hit points or armor classes or anything like that. The way it works is each scene, each maybe room if you're in a dungeon or each scene, in a, you know, I've, like we invest, we went to the, the morgue and then we went to a crime scene and then we ended up in a graveyard. Each of those had a different target number, a scene target number. So like 12 or 13 or 14. And that scene target number is what you rolled against for everything you do in that scene. Need to make a save and throw? Roll against the scene target number. Need to hit something? Roll against the scene target number. Something's attacking you? Roll against scene target number. So it's all... Everything goes against the scene target number. Um, which is an interesting dynamic. But use a d20. And that's important. We had two characters in the game go insane. There's an object that... You know, when they went insane, they both desired this object. And you're talking talking armed agent types, right? Well, so both of these guys wanted this object. And then we had two other characters that didn't go insane. That were not in the same room, same area as the characters that went insane. So the two that went insane with this object, what they had to do was roll every turn to a sandy roll. And because we're using a d20... And the target number for that scene, I think, was 13. Um, if we were using 3D6 and rolled against tributes to 3D6, they would have come out of that insanity pretty quick. But with the D20, it just worked out where the rolls, they ended up rolling ro- low a lot. Blech. Sorry about that. Rolling low a lot. And so they stayed insane for a while, for a number of turns. And so they ended up doing a Mexican standoff and pointing guns at each other and end up shooting each other and then trying to convince the agents that weren't insane that, you know, each of them tried to argue their case that they were the sane one and the other one wasn't. It was a super tense scene. And the ICRPG mechanics supported that super tense scene, which was really cool. So I had a great time playing it. And, you know, I'm a big fan of ICRPG anyway, but highly recommend it. And if they ever get a version of this hack out on the market... You know, you should definitely buy it. But highly recommended. ICRPG Blacklight. I'd like to make two quick clarifications. One, monsters do have hit points in ICRPG. I guess I shouldn't be recording while driving. Um, Monsters have hearts just like characters do. So they might have one or two hearts for 10 or 20 hit points. A swarm of monsters, like a swarm of rats, might have one heart or 10 hit points for the whole swarm. And also, just to clarify on the rolls you do, in ICRPG, you it's a you assign points when you build a character. It's not a random generation. So 
each year's stat starts at zero. It's got the six standard D&D stats or tributes, and you assign points. So you might end up with a two strength or a three constitution or a zero constitution if you don't put any points into it. And when you do roll against that scene target number, you add your tribute. If you have any points in your tribute, you add that. Plus you would add anything from your tools, any weapon bonuses, anything like that. And then some things might be easy, like if you're skilled in it, or if it's a really easy thing to do, and some things might be hard. If you're trying to shoot a tire out, that might be a hard shot. So something that's hard adds three to the roll. It's a, a it makes target number three higher, and something that's easy subtracts three, so it makes target number three lower. So I just want to make that quick clarification on ICRPG game system. Okay, one last clarification. Uh, as I was doing the last listen to the podcast real quick, because I was adding in some last-minute voicemails. Um, as far as ICRPG goes, if, if the monster attacks you, the, the scene number doesn't matter. You have an armored stat. It's just like all your other stats. Starts at zero. You can put points into it. And if you wear armor, that adds points to it. And basically, even though it starts at zero, your armor effectively starts at ten. So if you put three points into it, your armor will be 13. And then the DM rolls against your armor to try to hit you. So if you're rolls 14, if you have an armor of 13 and he rolls a 14, he hits you. If you rolls 12, he misses. So that's how attacks work in ICRPG. I was thinking of some house rules that we had played at one point where the player rolled for attacks against themselves. So they added their armor to the roll and went against the scene. But the stand, the, you know, the scene target number. But the standard way it works, the DM rolls against your arm. So I just want to clarify that. As always, the best way to reach me is just leave a voice message on the Anchor app, where you can reach me on the Audio Dungeon. Okay, another episode in the can. Since we haven't got a lot of response to the contest, probably because I have less than a dozen listeners, the person who gives me the most call, who identifies the most segments in the pilot episode or the talk like a pirate episode by the end of 2019 will get the prize. So call in with your best guess. Talk to you later. Bye.